Hello, everyone. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to tune in to the very first episode of our podcast, Voices of the Western, brought to you by the Humans of Western team. Uh, so before we dive into things, uh, I'm just going to introduce myself really quickly. So uh, my name is Jason. I am one of your co-hosts for today, and I'm going to my third year of medical sciences here at Western University. My name is Jackie, and I'm your second co-host. I'm currently a first-year student in IB, and I did my first two years in film studies. And before we go into the podcast, um, just a little bit about Humans of Western, in case you haven't really heard of us. Um, so we are inspired by the popular Humans of New York page, of course, and we are a completely student-run initiative here at Western devoted to exploring the small inspirational moments happening every day. So we do this through interviewing students, staff, faculty, uh, so on and so forth about their hopes, dreams, hardships, funny moments, and really just anything uh, to do with their everyday lives. And so it's through these conversations that we kind of wish to capture and portray the spirit of you know, what it is to be a human here at Western. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, then uh, make sure you visit our Facebook and Instagram page at humans underscore Western to learn more about the work we do. This is a podcast series where we aim to dive deeper into the personal experiences of students, staff, and faculty at Western. Our hope is to bring on a number of guest speakers and to provide you guys with a diverse set of perspectives on relevant stories around campus. Yeah, and obviously we wanna bring you a mix of educational perspective and entertainment. So we wanna keep the podcast as lighthearted and conversational as possible, but also to bring some value to it outside of just hearing us talk for like 30 minutes or something. So uh, that's typically where the guest speaker will come in and fill that sort of educational value role. And our future episodes will also be hosted by some of the other members on the Humans of Western podcast team. So expect to see a essentially a rotating schedule of different hosts bringing you a diverse range of topics. All right, so we're super excited to be diving into today's episode, which essentially is I'm pretty sure a really relevant topic that's been on all of your minds. It's essentially about the COVID-19 pandemic and kind of how that has been impacting our lives as students um, and also kind of addressing uh, just concerns related to the vaccine that's coming out and how we see this pandemic, you know, kind of affecting our lives going forward. Um, so today we'd like to share a little bit about our personal experiences with the quarantine um, and kind of bring in a guest speaker to talk about her research on this pandemic and what she sees kind of like um, just some concerns that she has and advice she has for students going forward. Um, we also kind of would like to maybe talk about just how the situation has progressed in just the recent weeks just at Western. Um, pretty sure that uh, as of now, like the cases, there's been an outbreak already, like recently, London Hall, they're around uh, like five confirmed cases today. Um, so we are essentially in the second wave. And I think, um, Jason, as you agree, like this, again, like it's been pretty concerning. Like a lot of people are just at home now, like there's really uh, kind of, it's, it's a new normal that we kind of have to adapt to. So kind of today, we just really wanted to brief you guys and, and really just talk about how this has like impacted our lives over the past couple of months. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, it's definitely been a 
affecting a lot of us worldwide, uh, especially just for some background, you know, here in Canada. Um, London, I think by now is at about a thousand total confirmed cases um, with about 25 or so new cases per day. And uh, Toronto, or for anyone who else who lives in the GTA area, like I do, um, I think Toronto is now at about 22,000 confirmed cases with a few hundred new cases every day. Um, and Ottawa, our uh, nation's capital, is now at 5,000 cases with about 50 to 100 new cases uh, per day. And uh, I think an important detail to recognize is that a lot of these numbers, as you mentioned, Jackie, are kind of spiking recently. So uh, as we kind of really are in the middle of that second wave, uh, I think things are really starting to ramp up. Yeah, for sure. And I guess kind of like just um, getting now more into how this virus has really impacted uh, kind of like your life, like your personal life. Um, I know, mm -hmm. like, I remember this, this outbreak, I, I initially heard about it, um, I think it was kind of like December last year, but I didn't really take it seriously. Um, and, you know, all of a sudden, like, I just remember, like, kind of, uh, personally <coughs> for me, like, I was at home, like, in res, when um, they started, like, canceling classes, and that was when it really hit me. I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is yeah. actually, like, it's, it's, it's happening. Like, it's not something that's happening just, like, halfway across the world, right? Like, it's relevant, and I need to start, like, paying attention to this. Yeah, I think I, I as well, you know, heard about it back in December, and it was like each week or so, like there was kind of like a new development to where just the cases got like, or the situation grew like a little more serious every week. And uh, yeah, I don't think it was until March where I really started seeing like the true impact of it. I, I remember even reading a Reddit post from someone in China or something, and they were talking about the severity of the situation. And they were saying like, it was gonna get really serious around the world and that things would probably be shutting down and I was I just couldn't imagine the world shutting down I guess so uh, I kind of back in February or something I just kind of like shrugged it off but now of course it's you know it's quite severe and uh it is really taking a hold in most people's lives mm -hmm, for sure and I I think that's something that a lot of students can relate to um I think like you know like you being a student at Western like being so like kind of always just like going from class to class it's really easy to lose yourself in that bubble and I will say, like, I am kind of guilty of that. Like, um, like I remember my mom, because my mom, like, she, uh, like, we have, like, our grandparents um, are from Taiwan. And, um, mm -hmm. like, Taiwan, like, they're doing a really great job at, you know, keeping this whole situation underway. Like, um, so far, they've had really little cases, like, only, like, 530 confirmed cases, like, seven deaths, um, compared to, you know, what we have here in like well compared to the states or even Canada right so they've done a really mm -hmm. good job and I just remember my mom like she actually drove all the way here from Mississauga like two hour drive just to deliver like masks and this was early in January when like I had when I was just like why do I even need a mask like I, I thought like that was crazy I was like I don't need one like it's fine like I just didn't I, it didn't like register I didn't, like it's, like, it's not a pandemic or anything. yeah I didn't think that it was that serious and like in retrospect looking back like I was I will admit I was pretty ignorant and I was really much in my bubble just trying to like pass my midterms and exams like so busy caught up in my own personal life that I didn't really look at what was happening um like globally and you know I think that in itself is like something that you know just like this pandemic has made me realize and I'm sure a lot of people here 
have kind of just like maybe it helped them really reflect on exactly like what they're just doing to kind of then. yeah like to put things into perspective right that yeah exactly mm-hmm. so i guess kind of like building off of that um from from your perspective i'm just curious to hear like how you handled it when that first came out and kind of like what you were doing in those couple of months like in march after everyone just went home like how did you cope with the uh Yeah, I think for me, it was, you know, it was also quite a shock. I just remember, uh, like, all of a sudden, Western just randomly sent an email to me uh, saying, like, oh, uh, the rest of your semester is canceled now. And uh, we're we're not really sure uh, what to do, which was crazy for me at the time, because I guess I always assumed that these big institutions, like, always kind of had a plan uh, for something like this. But Western's initial response was essentially... uh, I think that first week was really hectic because no one really knew what was going on. And that was definitely like a big adjustment for me. But, you know, I think coming into uh, October now, um, as with many others, like it's kind of been a big adjustment, but most of us are kind of settling into it now. So I think I tried to, uh, in terms of keeping like a good positive mindset, I guess I try to keep myself occupied, um, whether that's in my work or, uh, you know, spending some time with my friends over uh, like Zoom or uh, socially distanced and uh, just trying to, I guess, always keep busy and try to keep myself immersed in something that isn't necessarily, uh, you know, the relatively depressing state of the pandemic, I guess. And I I would say like, what were some steps that you took to kind of ensure that you you and your family were safe? Yeah, I think the first month and a half or so, I. I was just told up in my house. I don't even think I really left other than like to go for a walk or something. Um, and then I guess eventually throughout the months, I, I uh, yeah, I, I only saw my friends really in like, a, you know, kind of like a socially distanced environment. Um, and I think in terms of with my parents, they, they were pretty like, uh, you know, serious on the situation, uh, I guess as they should be. And uh, we kind of tried to limit uh, us leaving the house to like as little as possible so we would kind of buy you know a huge bulk of groceries uh, every few weeks or so and then just try to like, live off that we would just try to really be like mindful of the situation and to consider like okay like uh do we really need to for example like uh i don't know like buy like a bag of rice or something um or do we really need to like go to this uh like event or, or something like whatever it is Mm-hmm, yeah, for sure. I, I would say kind of like on my end, we followed a standard operating procedure. Um, I know in Taiwan especially, essentially like when you go out, you come home, but then we'd kind of like leave all of our outdoor clothes uh, just like in the garage. And then we just like leave our shoes out and then go home and, and like, again, like if we got groceries, we'd sanitize those groceries. But then also we'd kind of like take a shower after coming home just to really like kind of like clean ourselves and get like a rid of full all the kind of like a full reset the so, full yeah. reset yeah and i think that's part of the reason why like a lot of like taiwan is doing such a good job i think it's because everyone's just really sticking to those protocols um and you know they've kind of like taking it really seriously which i think obviously is is a good thing um, and people there are there they've been able to go out as usual like my grandparents are you know, sending me photos and they're like, they're going on vacation and all that. So it's like, 
life as normal except they still wear masks and everything but yeah they've been able to go out and it's it's working for them so hopefully we can do something similar mm -hmm. and i think it, it kind of shows that like you know recovery is like a you know a possible outcome right so i i know like uh i was reading like an article on like the state of wuhan today and how like they're able to have like concerts and stuff uh where people are able to show up and you know wearing masks still of course but like for the most part uh it's just regular sort of conditions and that was uh the state of wuhan today but you know compared to like six months ago or something like the country was completely or sorry the city was completely shut down and so it just kind of goes to show i guess that if everyone does take those necessary precautions that you know a real tangible progress can be made and uh you know us here in canada or in london ontario we really can go back to a campus life that someone still resembles what we had before mm -hmm. yeah definitely for sure so i guess kind of like moving away from like i guess personal story wise what are your thoughts on just how western has been handling the situation because I know like personally um, from my perspective like it was really hard convincing my parents to let me move back um, you know just on campus and I'm sure like a lot of people who are listening like if you're maybe like in res right now like it's definitely really hard um, probably just kind of like trying to get that experience but also trying to stay safe so I guess like kind of Jason like what are your kind of thoughts on just like how we've been handling the situation? Yeah, I think Western's been trying to take as many proactive steps as they can. So I know they were one of the first schools to close down um, in the first place, which uh, was quite a surprise to me because I guess the only exposure I had at the time to Western's decision-making was them never canceling a, like a snow day or something. <laughs> so yeah, it was quite a shock to me that you know, they, they actually sort of uh, took the precedence on that and decided to close down. Um, I think since then, I know, uh, I work in like a, a research lab on campus, so I know they've been really careful with a lot of their uh, precautions. So uh, in terms of employee capacities, uh, I think Western right now is at half capacity. Um, so I think they really are trying to take those steps to ensure that everyone is being safe. Um, I get like a safety email like every week, I think from HR. Um, and especially since students have come back and you know, uh, we've kind of bounced into the second wave uh, I think the capacity now is even lower, if I'm correct. So they've even uh, had to kind of roll back on some of their, uh, the loosening of their regulations a little bit. So I, I think, I guess to answer your question, uh, I think they really are trying to do what they can. It's just, uh, it's a tough situation for everyone, of course. And uh, I think everyone's trying to figure things out as they go a little bit, even Western. Mm -hmm, for sure. And I will kind of add on to that. And in the sense like in terms of like our reputation I think with Western you know like we're notorious for being like this party school right so it's it's kind of almost like I, I had a friend who kind of like was just saying like um, he's a Western sweater but he's like I don't feel comfortable wearing my sweater around in public just because <laughs> you know like <laughs> the word might spread like you know with all these like with the cases surging and everything like I think Western um I'm surprised actually that we opened up like compared to other uh, unis like if you compare us like for example like Mac right like I think they're all closed so I'm just surprised mm, that we similar thing with uh, like Waterloo for example yeah with Waterloo as well so we're one of the few uh, like campuses that are still open um, and you know I think that's still good it kind of speaks to 
you know, like the whole student experience. Um, but also, on the other hand, it is kind of like there is that, again, that risk there. And we are taking, you know, on a significant risk, just kind of exposing like students to like potentially just like an outbreak. Yeah. And I guess another perspective to consider is, uh, you know, like in addition to how Western handles it, uh, how the students are handling it. And um, I think for the most part, at least, uh, we're doing pretty good. I, you know, I constantly read on the must-knows of uh, the must-knows forum of Western that people are, uh, you know, consistently promoting uh, safe behavior. So I think partially, uh, like through FOCO even, there was like really, uh, you know, low sort of participation, obviously. Um, and I think for the most part, as a community, we really are trying to chip in and be safe. Um, of course, you know, like it's not the case for everyone necessarily, but uh, from a holistic view, I feel like we are making steps in the right direction. Although obviously since the students have come back, um, there's been quite like a jump in cases. So uh, there's still some work to be done there. Yeah, so I guess like one question that maybe is, I'm sure is on a lot of people's mind right now is like, is there gonna be a solution to this pandemic, right? So, um, you know, I'm pretty sure like that will most likely come in the form of a vaccine. And we just wanted to talk more about that and get another perspective on, on kind of the research when it comes to a vaccine and, and how we see that getting administered and, and the steps going forward. So now we're gonna transition into the next segment of today's episode where, as we mentioned earlier, uh, we're going to bring in our guest speaker for today. So today we have Radhika Thakar, who is a medical science student here at Western. And she recently published an article titled The Road to a COVID Vaccine, where she covers some of the background behind the research and the development of vaccines, as well as what that means for us in the context of the COVID pandemic. Hi, guys. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I did write an article. Um, it was part of the Western Unfiltered. They are a newspaper, a student-run newspaper team um, who provide local and international news. Um, and so I am under the health and environment writers. And when I was asked to write an article under health and environment, the first thing that came to mind was um, coronavirus because it's such an ongoing situation and it keeps of developing. Course. Um, and I didn't, I didn't just want to write about coronavirus because there's numerous articles out there talking about it, but one of the most important things is the vaccine um, because a lot of people, like when they're talking, they'll be like, oh, I can't wait till the vaccine comes out. Um, you know, when the vaccine comes out, like we'll be able to see each other, but do we know when that vaccine's going to come out? So I kind of just like wrote a realistic timeline of how long a vaccine takes. Um, right, because I, I think a lot of people aren't necessarily aware of some of these like factors that exactly. go into like that process. Right? Yeah, so that's what I was um, trying to get across when I wrote the article. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's definitely really informative. <laughs> um, and I guess I just wanted to maybe know more about um, kind of your motivations behind this. Like, uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about why you decided to write about this article specifically and kind of how this virus has impacted your personal life. Oh, um, so yeah, my personal life, it wasn't that big of a change. Like I had to come back um, from Western and stay home with family and stuff. But I feel like I can't complain about a lot of the changes that have happened because it's much worse for a lot of people at Western, especially like um, I have international 
uh, friends who had to go back home and now they're stuck there and now they can't come back. And then those who like, who are there, they're in a different time zone. So they have to wake up at night um, for a lot of their exams. They have to do so many different things to accommodate for online school. And also I really can't complain. There have been changes, but not as great as like other people have gone through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And just kind of building off of, um, you know, your article, what would you say is kind of the main takeaway or insight that you got from your research on the uh, vaccines? Um, So I actually learned this in Orgo when I took the course, Um, but something that was really fascinating was just how fast the process of coming up with a vaccine when there's an infectious disease going on in the world was um, this uh, Orgo 2223? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, it was. <laughs> I took that it last year as well. Yeah, it was one of like the last lessons. And it was so cool because that's around the time um, when I think the like coronavirus had come out. So we were just talking about it. And like usually this process takes around 10 to 15 years. Um, but because there, it's, uh, it's like such an important thing, to, like, for example, this virus is so um dangerous i guess um they have to speed up the process and it's almost like one to two years um that they're making the vaccine in um so it's a real it's a big cut down um and it was super cool to learn about a lot of the pressures that come from you know presidents and other countries to fast forward this vaccine Mm -hmm. just like some of the factors that you you don't necessarily consider right exactly Mm -hmm, for sure and I know personally like um, a couple of my friends we were also talking about this vaccine it's like if it does come out right like personally Mm -hmm. based on your research would you feel comfortable getting this vaccine just because I know that it's so new and they maybe haven't had time to run any proper trials Um, so I don't know like personally from my perspective like I would be a little bit hesitant just getting this vaccine knowing that it's so new and there might be some you know health uh, issues like maybe like 10 20 years down the line Um, so kind of what's your take on that Um, so honestly I've heard this from a lot of people and a lot of people are like you know I'm gonna wait for other people to get it and then I'll I'll get it to see if like like, you know (laughs) nothing happens to them and then I'll make sure I get it um, but as a science student, I feel like I really trust scientists and um, they're, they're not ones to cut corners to make, um, make the vaccine come out. And FDA themselves have like assured, like the CEO um, of FDA has like come out and said like, you know, I'm getting pressures from the president of the United States, but I'm gonna make sure that we don't cut any corners um, to make sure that this vaccine is as safe as possible. Because at the end of the day, these vaccine companies they they do want to bring out the vaccine as fast as possible um but they also want to make sure that in the end after a few years like 10 20 years down the road people aren't complaining about this vaccine so they're gonna make sure it's as safe as possible so yes if a vaccine comes out i am for sure gonna take it because i trust the science Mm -hmm. and i know you mentioned this in your article as well but you know even if you are choosing to voluntarily take it um it might actually Uh, sort of be a while before that's even available to you in the first place is that correct yeah exactly yeah right um Um, yeah so sorry sorry, go ahead i was just gonna say that um the vet when the vaccine comes out they're gonna have limited quantities it's gonna there's eight billion people around the world they're not gonna have eight billion um vaccines for everyone 
Um, and so when when this comes out, like they're gonna have they have to make kind of like um a a sheet or like a plan of um, who's gonna get it first. And obviously, the first people to get it are those first responders, those healthcare workers, um, and people who are most vulnerable to um, this virus yeah mm -hmm. and I, I think that actually transitions into the next question i was going to ask you really well yeah. uh, which was you you talked a lot about herd immunity and why it's actually important uh not just for individuals to necessarily get vaccinated but for like a large majority of the population right um yes so, so want to tell us a little bit more about um herd immunity and how that works yeah so herd immunity is when like a large enough a proportion of the population has become immune uh, through vaccination um, so that the spread of the disease isn't um, as risk isn't it doesn't have that high of a risk um, so for this virus it's because it's so unknown like yeah there's um, there's been other strains of um, SARS and coronavirus this one's a new one so they don't have as much information and so although they they believe that it's uh, 60 to 70 percent of the population need to be vaccinated for there to be a herd immunity um you know that's that's still five billion people on this planet that need to get vaccinated for that herd immunity to be possible where it doesn't spread as quickly you know um so no matter what i think anyone should get the vaccine because at the end of the day um it, it's really not going to go away until that vaccine um, comes out and people start taking it. Right, and it's kind of like for your own individual safety as well as for you know, yeah. the safety of, of others. It's right? the same It's the same thing with masks. Like you wear it for your own safety, but also the safety of others. Um, and so that's the same process with the vaccination. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, okay, another point I kind of wanted to bring up with you uh, after I read it was... Um, I was just wondering if you could elaborate on uh, the part where you talked about how uh, there's kind of health disparities and, um, you know, there's some health disparities that are like intr intrinsic to uh, the healthcare system today. So whether that's, um, you know, certain uh, socioeconomic groups getting less access to treatment and stuff like that, like how that's uh, sort of relevant and plays a factor in vaccine distribution. So um, a lot of the minority groups, so African-Americans, Hispanics, um, they, this is already known through data research that they don't get um, enough healthcare services provided to them. And so that includes vaccinations. Now, um, actually Trudeau, I, I read this article a few days ago, Trudeau said that um, he's gonna make sure that the vaccination is funded for all of Canada. So it's gonna be free for everyone here, um, but, um, Trump hasn't said the same thing about America. So that's where this process of like herd immunity and these um, minority groups come into play where if people can't afford it, how are they supposed to stop the spread? So I think a lot of this has to like the health committee, the president of the United States, you know, all these people have to get together and talk about um, being able to fund this vaccine because without that funding, um, people aren't going to be able to afford it. And then if they don't afford it, that spread is still going to continue to happen. Um, so yeah, that's what I have to say about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I can definitely relate to that. And I think, again, that'll be uh, like an important 
issue or that they definitely have to address like going forward in the future um and i guess also kind of just like maybe bring this back more to maybe like um just like like us as students right um right now like a lot of us are at mm -hmm. home and we don't have like you know like it's hard to kind of like meet people in person to do all these classes and stuff so i guess like when it comes to like your mental health like kind of how how have you been coping with this just like i know like you're at home right now like if you had any like advice mm -hmm. to other students like what would you recommend um so i've actually started running and i think that's helped like tremendously um because as like everyone says you should get some fresh air you're stuck in your house like almost all day on a computer sitting on, on your desk um so you need to get out if you want to run you can run if you want to bike walk whatever you want to do just get that fresh air because something i realized was when you were on campus like even that five minute walk to the bus stop and then from the bus stop and where the bus drops you off to campus and then from class to class you're getting those like five minutes of fresh air from class to class but now you're just stuck at home on a computer maybe zoom like the it, you're just on your computer and then with your family or uh, with your roommates other than that you don't really get to go out so one of the biggest things i would say um to make sure that you know you're coping with all of this is to get some fresh air and to take care of yourself if that means you want to give yourself a bath if you want to you know um paint your nails do your hair like um facetime your friends do that but give yourself those breaks in between um all the studying and all this um craziness Mm, yeah that's definitely great advice that I think a lot of students and maybe people listening to this podcast can you know relate to right now like we're kind of all in this together and just seeing the cases and you know kind of how they've been fluctuating like I think it's really important mm -hmm. that we all like try our best and we all like help each other out um, mm -hmm. and also I kind of know like um, maybe based on your research like do you know if there will be maybe like uh, like maybe like a second third wave like going into the winter like with flu season coming up like maybe you have yeah, some so, insights there so the second wave is already here like you can see the cases rise we're almost at like a thousand cases um every day like i know that on uh, last week we were at 900 and something you know so the second wave is already here and um there could be a third wave because they're already going back to stage two in a lot of parts of the GTA um, and so the cases will decrease but then they're going to go back up as soon as they start opening things because people want to get out there they're stuck at their homes and it makes sense they want to go out but then that also means this virus is going to spread and so I, I truly believe that until a vaccine is not out um, and people don't even when the vaccine is out actually people have to still wear masks like I know that um, one of the health uh, persons in um, the government when they released an official statement she said you know five years down the road I still think like people are going to wear masks and they're going to um, socially distance like this is this is going to become our new normal even when a vaccine is out and that's kind of true like until we're not sure that this virus is fully gone we're going to have to take all these measures um, with or without a vaccination mm -hmm. definitely yeah I think there's, you know, like a lot of truth to what you said, um, and it's great just having your perspective on this, and I'm pretty sure that all of us can agree that this isn't going to go away anytime soon, um, and again, it is our new normal, and it's just interesting to see how 
you know, a lot of businesses and, you know, um, a lot of educational systems, all of that, we're all kind of shifting and really adapting to this new normal. Um, and I guess it's just something that we have to kind of live with and, you know, try our best to just get through. Um, but yeah, I think it was great getting your perspective. Um, Jason, do you have any anything else you want to add? Um, maybe just as a closing detail, just uh, for all our listeners, um, do you have any sort of words of caution or advice uh, for the students here at Western in terms of, uh, you know, the types of precautions they should be taking that maybe they aren't necessarily yeah, so. mindful of? So things, you know, things in addition to uh, like wearing masks and social distancing and stuff. Uh, the biggest thing is uh, Western is known as a party school. You know, when I go out to restaurants and stuff and they ask me what university I'm for, from and I say Western, they're like, ah, that's the party school. And yeah, we're known for that and we should be proud of that because we throw some amazing parties. But, you know, we should be also known um, for taking a step back when um, something like this is going on. When a pandem pandemic is going on, we should be known as the university, you know, who takes a step back, who leads and says, you know, we're going to step down this year and not throw parties and we're going to take care of each other. And that's what I think West Western should do. Um, and a great example was um, FOCO, you know, um, there were a few parties and that that was um, unfortunate, but most of most of the craziness that goes on during FOCO didn't occur. And that just shows how Western students are accommodating to these situations. And yeah, just uh, don't throw parties and be safe. And yeah, that's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I think, uh, you know, in addition to just some of the physical measures that we take day to day to also uh, consider some of the, you know, like, I guess the cultural components of your lives. So like, exactly. Uh, I guess how you interact with your community. Um, for sure. Okay, so uh, that just so wraps up today's episode of Voices of Western uh, on the debrief of the COVID pandemic. So Radhika, uh, we just wanted to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. And uh, for our listeners who want to give Radhika's article a read, as she mentioned earlier, the article is titled The Road to a COVID Vaccine and is published under Western Unfiltered, which is a uh, student-run uh, Western news and opinion blog. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you a lot just for coming on and sharing your insights. I'm sure that all of our listeners really uh, gained a lot of insightful information on what you had to share and also your advice going forward. I hope everyone really takes that into account. Um, and yeah, I just wishing everyone the best, like stay safe. Um, hopefully we can all get through this second wave that's about to come up and hopefully there is a vaccine that comes out so we can get back to a somewhat of a new normal. With that said, thank you so much for tuning in with us today. Uh, we plan on releasing these podcast installments on a bi-weekly basis, uh, covering a variety of different topics. So make sure you check out our upcoming episodes by following the Humans of Western Facebook and Instagram pages at humans underscore Western. We are super excited to be launching, you know, our podcast this semester, and we really hope that you can continue listening to our episodes and uh, provide some recommendations and suggestions on future topics. Yeah, for sure. So thanks for joining us today uh, for our first installment of the Voices of Western podcast, and we'll see you soon.